Sony. Hello, Canada. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense. Today's date is September 15th, 21. Get ready for 45 minutes of unedited and unscripted and so far uncensored commentary on Canada's issues. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Welcome to our pre-election show. Yeah, actually good you brought that up. Because on a programming note, we are with you today. We will give you our pre-election show, our final pre-election show on Sunday. And then we will bring you next Wednesday another election recap, summary, what what have you. And then after that, we'll get back into our usual just one show a week for you. But it's been a lot going on through the election campaign, so we've been trying to get you as much of the action as possible. So on the show today, Quebec's reaction to one question of the English language debate, can Justin Trudeau still form government, even in another smaller minority? Lewis was right again. A liberal candidate gets a huge severance and more. Where do you want to start, sir? Well, let's let's start from the top. Let's start with the uh, the Quebec's reaction to that one question. And I we didn't talk about this before the show, but I think I have an idea of what question that was, and I believe it was posed by Sachi Curl. Um, you're, you know what the question was? It actually came from Mercedes Stevenson. It was about the Bill 21 that she uh, called it discriminatory. And that's right. He, Sorry. He, yeah. Yeah. No worries. And he's from. It is, it is the, yeah. It, it, it is the question I was thinking of though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I figured it was. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So Mercedes Stevenson. And she put the bias in her question, and East Francois Blanchette actually did call her out and say, "You've uh, you've already hinted at your your answer by asking the question about Bill Twenty One, and that is the um, that's the ban on religious symbols, correct?" That's right. Okay. So, and boy, oh boy, did that ever! Uh, now, Mister Blanchette, I don't. I thought his answer was kind of wishy washy, but boy, that ever changed his fortunes in Quebec. Yeah, I my my thing with the question was that the bias it was dripping with bias. Oh yes, um, and but at the same time, like I I I I yet have yet to see any evidence that the law is actually racist. I mean, it it it's not like it excludes white people, right? Like white people can be Muslim. And there are lots of white people who are Muslim, and right. it and and it does uh, affect Christians as well. So I, I really am at a loss just to find out, figure out how this is uh, a racist law, except that they say that you know it prevents Muslim women from being teachers. But if if a Muslim woman is wearing a burqa. Uh, she's following Sharia law and she's not allowed to work anywhere. Well, that's true. And good point, by the way, for, uh, you know, saying, you know, that, yeah, it's really hard to see how it's racist 
I mean, if you look at it the very, if you don't scratch the surface and say, okay, a Sikh man cannot be a police officer. And even that's not true because it's not a requirement for Sikh men to wear the turban, but a lot do. Um, I know I have some friends, well, I have a lot of friends who are Sikhs actually, and they're kind of split the, on as far as who wears a turban, who doesn't. A lot of them will wear it just for more ceremonial purposes when they go to temple on the weekends, for example. But uh, yeah, it seems like the turban is somewhat optional. But yeah, it, right. it absolutely is optional. It's it, the turban actually is not a religious symbol. Um, I grew up in a town where twenty five percent of the population was Sikh, and uh, and so I went to school with a lot of Sikh uh, boys, right? And, um, and 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 they flat out told me it is not a religious symbol; it is a cultural uh thing and it was more it, and it's because they grow up in a very dusty you know area part of the world and it was to keep their hair clean and it's it's not a religious symbol and the, and so it's not mandatory oh okay that's why okay cool and now i've yeah. learned something yeah so yeah so uh, so of course monsieur blanchette immediately pulled the victim card that Mercedes Stevenson was picking on Quebec. And it sounds like Quebec went for it. I actually wanted to ask you your take, because I know that your wife is, is from Quebec and you obviously have a lot of family there. So I'm kind of curious what the Colin folks on the ground are thinking out there. I honestly, I don't know. Um, my in-laws are so brainwashed uh in the liberal mindset that that they can't see the forest for the trees so i i really don't talk to them about politics at all my wife doesn't talk to them about politics as much as she can because it always ends up being an argument and uh <laughs> so we i really i honestly couldn't tell you okay well it sounds like from polling that uh, and i'm always skeptical of polls that uh, the Polling indicates that East Francois Blanchet got quite a big bump from the debate. And we know damn well it wasn't because of his performance, because he looked like a goofball. So I'm guessing that he must be getting some sympathy support based on this, on the, the backlash from this question. I know Monsieur Legault, Premier of Quebec, certainly had a lot to say about it. Yeah, and, and Monsieur Legault actually had a lot to say about Trudeau and about O'Toole, which really actually caught me by surprise. Yeah, because he actually said he would back a conservative minority government. I thought, wow, that's uh, that's not what I thought at all. In fact, he said that's what he would prefer because Mr. O'Toole would be an easier prime minister to work with. Yeah, because, well, Aaron O'Toole has said flat out he doesn't want to step on the province's toes. And that, of course, is exactly what Quebec wants. And what else Mr. O'Toole said is that he would uh, come meet with Quebec privately, one-on-one -on -one with with uh, Premier Legault, and has not yet made that overture to any other province. So uh, I can tell where Mr. O'Toole is pissing up for votes. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about Mr. O'Toole a little bit later um, because I think both of us are 
somewhat disappointed, but uh, after being mightily impressed. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, so yeah. So let's. Uh, I I mean the whole thing with that with that Bill Twenty One question um, towards uh, Blanchette was I think you know it was skewed. The question was skewed in its asking and pro- and somewhat unfair. I don't agree with the law, but I have a hard time seeing where the racism is in it. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Now, um, how do we move on to, well, one of your favorite topics, because you were right again. Oh, you're going to have to narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, allow me to elaborate. On our last full episode, you had said, and your prediction was that after the debates, the campaign was going to get really nasty for the last week and was going to get very negative. And it's not just Trudeau who's negative. Mr. Singh has gone negative. Mr. O'Toole has gone negative. And Mr. Bernier was fairly negative the whole campaign. So it is... uh, it has really gotten nasty, and now it's a blood sport. Yeah, yeah. And again, I hate being right about stuff like this. Um, but, I mean, I saw the writing on the wall. I mean, I saw how nasty Trudeau was in the debate. And I just thought, you know, this is going to ratchet up pretty damn quick. And it has. It has, and... Trudeau really is unhinged. I know I said that on our last episode, but he was at a a rally, was it two days ago, I think it was, and somebody was heckling him and allegedly said some kind of comment about his wife. And I'm going to leave that part right there because I've got different opinions on on that subject. But anyway, he said to to the protester, the heckler, don't you have a hospital you should be protesting at? And I thought, well, I guess you're letting him get under your skin now, Mr. Trudeau. That means you lose. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, when someone says something about your wife, I I get it. But when you're running for office and you're supposed to be showing who the who the adults are, um, that's not that's not a, a great response. I mean, he—he's. You're—you're you're absolutely right. He is unhinged. He's reeling, and I mean, we saw it in the debate with a couple of his retorts, like that he will not take lessons from. So from whoever on on caucus management or on other things, because uh, he said it. He used that line twice in the debate, and um, I mean, it, it's he's just very. Uh, you, you can tell he's he's really scared. He is, yeah. And Aaron O'Toole has seized on that, and he's actually gone after Trudeau's character now, which I actually think is a good move because he's gone on and hinted at Trudeau's uh, lack of ethics, for example. He's again brought up the, the fact that Trudeau called an election that nobody wanted. And even Jagmeet Singh has actually piled on. And... I want to say that I'm impressed, but I'm not. I'm not terribly impressed because I think he's a moron. But 
at least he's actually gone out on the attack and he's not just saving. Like, I think he did go out once and actually say that, you know, I think you had brought that up that Justin Trudeau is bad, but Aaron O'Toole is worse. But he's actually still, uh, he's still throwing as much mud around as he can. And he's still actually, uh, I think the way John Iverson put it is that he's, he's executing a plan to try to keep his voters. And I hope that part works. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that his line of Justin Trudeau is worse is the typical, I mean, if you think back anytime the conservatives have had a chance at winning the election, the NDP leader base without actually seeing it urges their supporters to vote liberal, to keep, the conservatives out and that line of justin trudeau is bad but aaron o'toole is worse is a signal to vote strategically to to their supporters yeah that's sad because i actually think that jagmeet singh could hold on to a a few of their votes they've they're doing well in british columbia right now i'm guessing that's probably more in the in the greater vancouver area uh, but as expected from all the party leaders, they're all in Ontario right now, and they're all looking for those Southern Ontario votes. And Jagmeet Singh is still making the speeches like he thinks he's going to win this. So, well, that's I hope good. Hell, they do. I mean, that's I don't about to win the election, but that's good because one, the biggest mistake that NDP leaders always make is that that plea to their own supporters to vote strategically. Meaning that if they if they vote liberal, if their liberal candidate has a better shot of winning against a conservative than to vote liberal in their riding, because they they have made that plea a number of times in elections during my lifetime, and but that plea isn't it is is an outright admission that the NDP is a bit player, and that they are not a serious contender. And that's why we only have two parties who ever form government in this country. And I and not the, and I'm not saying I, I want the NDP to form government in this country, but it's why the NDP will never form government in this country, because they they act like they don't have a shot. Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely true. So um, I know your time is limited, so we're going to bounce through the next few topics here fairly quickly so that uh, we can get out on time, maybe even a bit earlier. Now, I brought this up just before we started this show, and you already did know this. Uh, a lot of people in Canada might not. Now, we are going to get a minority government out of this election, in my opinion. I'm still not sure which minority it's going to get, but Canada... Did you know that since Justin Trudeau formed the last minority government before the parliament was dissolved, should he win even fewer seats than Aaron O'Toole, but still having both would be in a minority situation, that Justin Trudeau could still be prime minister? Yeah, I did know that. Um, and I know that from... I believe the two, oh God, what was it? 2006? I think it was the 2006 election when uh, um, Harper defeated, um, oh man, what's his name? I think that was that 2008 when Stefan Dion and the Bloc were going to make a coalition. 
No, no. This was this was when uh, uh, Paul Martin lost because he okay. had he had a minority government, right? The West and, he, yeah. and he lost to Stephen Harper, and there was uh, there was talk then that if the seat count was relatively close, that Paul Martin could make a case to remain prime minister. And uh, so I, I do, I, I remember that being discussed back then, which is why I knew that this was a possibility. Okay. Yeah. I, I heard this on a, on a, on a politics show. But then of course I looked into it and they said, yeah. So as long as that they would be, they could be, I should say the first party offered to get to uh, the gain confidence of the house. And I thought, what a disaster that would be if we got a liberal NDP coalition to replace the liberal NDP coalition we just had. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be terrible. And, and, and I mean, I think there would be a huge uproar across the West, especially if that happened. Yeah. Well, and when we get to our predictions at the end of the show, we'll be talking about that very subject, about an uproar across the West as well. But yeah, yeah there there would be absolute uh, well, I can like I say riots because this is Canada, but there would be a lot of, of anger. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So uh, so there, so Canada, we've got some very good motivation to get out there and make certain we vote a very very decisive victory for either Liberals or Conservatives. But let's not screw around and go with these smaller minorities. All right, moving on, we had talked about the, the Kitchener liberal, well, I guess he was an MP, and then he was a candidate, and now he's just on the ballot but not campaigning, Raj Saini, who had, was elected in 2015, so not quite six years as an MP, resigned in disgrace with a crap ton of sexual impropriety, misconduct, creepiness absolute scumbag who is going to get lewis are you sitting down oh i know the number already Ninety-two thousand five hundred dollar severance package yeah how's that for working not even six years yeah but now my my beef with this is since when do people get severance packages when they resign well, that's a good point. I, I hadn't even thought of that. I've anytime I've quit a job, I don't get a severance. When I get laid off, I would get a severance. But you don't. But people in the real world don't get severance packages when they resign. Like when you yeah. quit a job, you do not get a severance. You are not legally entitled to a severance package. Unless yeah. it's in your contract, and it's usually like a, a an executive, but you don't see that with everyday people. Like you just don't get severance when you quit. No, that's right. And I quickly was looking through the the MPs pay per, or not pay pay packages because it's actually online and i found a section in there which talked about members not re-elected being allowed a transition allowance 
to uh, you know transition back into the into the private sector, which talked about fifteen thousand dollars as the as a transition allowance, and I actually don't begrudge that. I mean, I, I don't think fifteen thousand is uh, is appropriate. I think it should be a little less than that. But I uh, I do agree that I mean you've given up four years, eight years, whatever you, to be a member of parliament or a member of the legislative assembly, provincial parliament, etc. And I get that you, there should be a bit of an allowance to transition yourself back into finding a job back in the in the the private world if you weren't if you weren't a government MP and being handed a perk or uh, some kind of plum appointment, but I can't figure out where $92,000 comes in. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, uh, I believe that's about nine months salary or 10 months salary for a backbench MP, right? Um, will be a little less than that because their base pay is about 178,000, 180,000 for a backbencher. Oh yeah, that's, that's that's your basic MP salary, man. That's more than someone in the U.S. Senate makes. Our MPs are one percenters, brother. Wow, I didn't realize it was that high. I thought it. I thought it was. Uh, I, I thought it was like a hundred and thirty thousand or so was your base pay for a backbencher. Oh no, I think it. Well, it was one hundred seventy-eight thousand. But I know they've had at least one raise since then, so it's got to be at least 180 by now. Holy smokes! Okay, that's insane. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. So, yeah, I don't get why how somebody who doesn't even serve six years is getting half a year's salary. So, for... so they're getting a month a year. They're I guess. Getting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they're getting four weeks of severance or five. Yeah, like or a month of severance per year served, and they weren't even laid off. That they, they he quit. Yeah, this is. Oh, and you wonder gotta, why they call us pigs at the trough, eh? Yeah, I've got a politically incorrect word for this, but. <laughs> yep. Now speaking of politically incorrect, you'd um. Brought this up, oh, how many months ago on a show? At any rate, we were talking with the Five Eyes Intelligence Group, and we were talking about how Trudeau just loves Huawei and will not ban them from Canada's 5G network. Well, Brian Lilly announced today that a new intelligence sharing partnership has begun with the UK, the US, and Australia. And who's not invited to share intelligence with that group? I'm going to guess Canada. And you would be right again. Canada wow. is out of the club. No, I'm not Thank surprised. You. Thank you, Mr. Trudeau. Thank you so much. Yeah, I am not surprised. Not in the least. I, I don't blame them. I mean, Mr. Trudeau has put our security at great danger, but I don't blame those other three countries for not including Canada. I don't know why New Zealand isn't included, but I I don't blame them at all for saying, you know, you're number one, Canada, and I'm not using my first finger. Well, who wants to include the Kiwis anyway? I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding <laughs> to the three people who listen to us from New Zealand. Yeah. Just kidding. It's a joke. Um, 
no, I just, it, it's, we've, we've become a joke. And, and the worst part about it is that Canadians don't see it. Like, it, it's like you have to leave our country to be able to see what's truly going on with our government because our media covers for them big time. Oh, they do. Yep. No question about that. Yeah. Okay. So we've got one more topic to cover and then we will get into our election predictions and we will get out for our hard break so that you can get on to your plans for tonight. The green party. I believe the green party is finished. They've got, only got candidates in three quarters of the, the ridings in this election with all the turmoil they've had. Uh, Anime Paul has barely left Toronto Centre during the campaign. Maybe Elizabeth, sorry, Elizabeth May keeps her seat, but I think the Greens are gone, have gone back to being even more irrelevant than they were before the election call. No, absolutely. I don't think they're done. Um, because there's always there's always a number of wackos on Vancouver Island that are going to vote green no matter what. Um, so no, they're they're not finished, but they have taken a gigantic step backwards, like an immense, huge step backwards. And Anime Paul, as as nice of a person as she is, and I'm sure she's very nice. She's a lousy leader. Um, I mean, she was the most unprepared leader I have seen in a federal debate in probably my lifetime. I mean, Elizabeth May, as drunk as she was half the time, could run circles around Anime Paul in a debate. Yeah, and it was funny because I was thinking to myself that whichever reporter it was that was making the suggestion did not watch the same debate as you and I. And um, one reporter was saying, Anime Paul clearly was was the winner of that English language debate. And I (laughs) thought, I don't don't get where you see that when she never actually talked policy. She just talked, hey, let's be friends and let's talk about my family. Yeah, there was no policy talk from her at all. Like I said, she was the most unprepared political leader in a federal debate that I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I give her full credit for getting a good jab on Trudeau. But yeah, I I would say she was totally unprepared because she, she was calm. I give her that. But... I guess it's easy to be calm when you're given the same answer to every question. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, but yeah, yeah no, like... I, I think you're right. I think they're going to be rendered down to one or two seats. Um, one, most likely. Uh, and and I think it's going to be a long road back before they, they get a second or a third seat again. Oh, yeah. Totally agree with that. Okay, we've got a couple minutes to go. We are going to do our latest updated projections. So um, you were on the O'Toole minority train last time, Lewis. Are you still there or do we have something else? Nope. 
I am not there anymore, unfortunately. Do tell. I am predicting a Trudeau victory. Um, it is going to be a minority government. It is going to be super, super tight and close. Um, and even if the conservatives win more seats, Trudeau will form government. Uh, that That is my final prediction for this campaign. Um, I... I think Aaron O'Toole only has himself to blame. Uh, he has fallen apart in the past 10 days. And we can talk about that once we hear your prediction. But I, he, as far as I'm concerned, the last 10 days is where this election was lost. Because in the first two and a half, three weeks, this election was O'Toole's to lose. And he did. Yeah, well, I don't entirely disagree with you. I uh, and and please for the part that Aaron O'Toole has really fallen out, apart in these last ten days. Now, at the beginning of the campaign, I did say Canada get used to Justin Trudeau. I'm not prepared to say he will win the election yet. What I do believe is going to happen is that it's going to be similar to 2019, where the Conservatives are going to do well in popular vote but they may not win more seats than the Liberals. And I think the scenario we spoke about a few minutes ago where the Liberals may not have as many seats as the Conservatives, but they will likely get offered the chance to govern because it's going to be very, very close. Now, I'm, I'll give my final prediction on Sunday's show, but right now I would have to say that you're right. I mean, um, statistically, probably the Conservatives will perform better but I think that'll be close enough where Trudeau is going to get the opportunity to govern again. Yeah. And, and the reason, the reason um, that I think that, uh, that, that, that Trudeau is going to become the prime minister again, uh, despite winning fewer seats than the conservatives, like if, if that scenario occurs, uh, is because he will have the backing of the NDP. And and I just don't see... Um, I think the NDP are going to back a liberal minority government, um, even if the liberals win fewer seats. And and I just don't see any, any way for O'Toole to, to pull this out, unless... And here's the big caveat. Unless their internal polling is showing something different, because we have seen this in in, in previous elections, where the the uh, the public polling firms got it wrong and got it really wrong, um, and there but but the party's internal polling was accurate, and that and that's and that could be why. Trudeau it seems to be unhinged and seems to be ever increasingly desperate is because maybe their internal polling is showing that the that the public polling is is not right and not accurate but if the public polling is accurate i think even if the conservatives win more votes like in the last election 
they are going to get fewer seats. And even in the situation where they, where they might get more seats, it's going to be so such a small margin that the Liberals will end up being the governing party again with the backing of the NDP. Okay, you make, you make actually that was a good point you made about the internal polling because that would explain why Trudeau was so unhinged if their internal polling is you know contrary to what public polling is, and that's actually a very likely scenario. Now, I think that the bloc is going to improve its lot in Quebec. I don't think the NDP will improve much. I don't think they'll lose seats, but I don't think they'll gain very many either. So it might be a, might be a case where Trudeau, with a reduced minority, would be able to hobble together that coalition with the NDP and, you know, get over the hump of 170. So I hope that's not how it works out, but I'm I'm leaning more in that direction just based on how everything looks right now. Yeah, and unfortunately, and I and I hate to 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 do this because it makes me look like I'm that I think I'm always right. Um, but, <laughs> but even though you but, mostly are, <laughs> but every prediction that I have made regarding the outcome of this um, election has been backed up by the public polling. A few days after I make my prediction. <laughs> so when right. I said at the beginning that Aaron O'Toole is going to win a majority government, the next polls that came out showed him having a 10-point lead. And then the next week I said it was going to be a, you know, um, uh, uh, an O'Toole minority, maybe a slim majority, and then the polling came back that they only had a four-point lead. And then... <laughs> and then and then I made a, the prediction that it was going to be an O'Toole minority, and they came back with a two-point lead. <laughs> so it's and now and now I'm saying that you know I I I hope I'm I God I hope I'm wrong, you know I I really do I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Well, and, I hope you're wrong, and I think there's still I think O'Toole has a shot at a, at a slim minority, and I. Uh, but again, if he if he doesn't win a decisive minority, then I really feel that Trudeau is going to be offered the chance to govern again because all of the bureaucracy leans in his direction. Yeah, and if you and 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 if you believe Justin Trudeau at his word, which I don't, I don't, be, I don't but in this case, I I kind of do. Uh, he said that if if he gets a Another minority will be at the polls in eighteen months. Well, I believe that 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 I can believe because his ego is, will be so damaged. But watch, we'll talk about that part on Sunday because I I do have some some projections for his future based on different scenarios of this election. So, yeah. So what? let's let's talk about why the conservative lead in the polls has um, diminished. Because I, oh, sure. I have I have my theories on this. Well, go ahead, and I'll give you mine afterward. Okay. They're probably the, the same top, same subject. <laughs> okay, Aaron O'Toole has made some questionable decisions during this campaign. His popularity was riding high until the the um, French language debate, and. 
at the French language debate, he said he would he would repeal the gun ban from last year, but maintain the assault weapon ban of 1977. Now, he didn't say 1977. He just said assault weapons ban. And the next day was questioned about it. And he made the decision. I don't know if it was on the fly or it was a decision that they made between the, the debate and him getting asked by a reporter about it. He decided to say that no, we would, that, they, that the conservatives would maintain the gun ban from last spring. And that that was always their policy. And obviously it wasn't their policy because in the policy book, it says they would repeal that ban. And that was, he, he, and he's changed policy twice during this campaign. And it makes him look like he will change policy depending on which way the wind blows. And I think that it's actually turned off fence sitters. And it's also turned off true conservatives because you see the support for the PPC rising to 7% now when at the beginning of the campaign, it was at three. And I think that his wishy-washiness on those two policies and the firearms policy was a major policy for many conservatives. I know it is for me. I know it is for you. Um, and, and I think that his, his move to the, to, to the left of center with the party has really rubbed a lot of conservatives the wrong way. I think that it's made, and this is what I said before the campaign even started. I said that the, that I thought that this was going to hurt him moving the party to the left of center because people look at it and go, well, why would I vote for that left of center party when I can just keep voting for this left of center party? And and I And I really think that trying to expand the conservative tent to include liberals was a big mistake. And you're going to see that it, it really isn't going to change how, how many votes the party got from the last election. Nope. You're right. I will actually, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, Aaron O'Toole is the reason that they, I guess I can't say they slid in the polls, but they haven't gained. And his flip-flop on the gun issue is what, well, really, it, it's what turned me off of Aaron O'Toole. I mean, I wasn't that warm on him in the first place, but right there, uh, people who were looking at him would say, oh, well, yeah, he's a pretty good guy. And exactly what you said. Well, how can we trust him now when he's flip-flopped on this one? And then he's talking about, about his job plan to build the economy, and we're going to balance the budget in 10 years. We're going to achieve 3% growth, but we're not going to cut spending anywhere. Well, you can't actually have it both ways. And thinking people who have always 
trusted conservatives to be the better money managers over the years are now looking at him saying, well, how can you have your cake and eat it too? So he's, uh, he's trying to be all things to all people. And he's 47 years old, 48. He should know better. Well, and the thing is, is that this, this whole, we're not going to cut spending, but in fact, they're going to increase spending. Um, but we'll balance the budget in 10 years. Sounds an awful lot like the budget will balance itself. Yeah. And we and conservatives ridic- have been ridiculing Trudeau for six years over that comment. I've had and a lot Aaron, of fun with it. And Aaron O'Toole basically just said the same thing. I mean, I I don't I don't understand. I mean, there is I know that a true conservative party is never going to win power in Canada again as a federal party unless the system collapses and the only way to solve the problems is to have a truly conservative government where they will slash programs that are unnecessary uh, or that are that are just immoral and unethical for a government to be even involved in um, you know I mean it's it, I am I am begging for a government to just like a party to just run on the policy of we're going to stay out of your lives and we're going to let you keep most of your money and and just get out of stuff because every time a government gets involved in stuff it gets worse university didn't become unaffordable until the government offered student loans housing unaffordable until government started offering uh uh um subsidized subsidizing uh programs and uh methods to help people buy and to you know all of these programs it only made things more expensive. Anytime you add taxes, it makes things more expensive. The cost of living in this country is as high as it is because of government intervention. And government intervention yep. is is every single time a government gets involved in something, it gets more expensive. And 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 it's and worst worst run. Like it's it's just insanity that people don't understand this. I mean, nobody trusts the government unless they're going to get something out of it for free. Then they trust the government. But I mean, look at our healthcare system. Our healthcare system is ranked 10th out of 11 countries for access and uh, um, outcome. 10th out of 11. The U.S. is rated 11th, and the ten yeah. and the nine countries ahead of us in that in that ranking, not one of them is a hundred percent publicly funded like ours. Not one. So we don't learn a damn thing. We just want the government to take care of us from cradle to grave, and, and we're paying the price for it. 
you get the government you deserve. And this that's the problem with this upcoming election is that we're going to get Trudeau again. And and God damn it, this country deserves it. And that is a perfect way to wrap the show up right there. We are going to get government we deserve. So maybe we should stand up for ourselves, Canada, so we actually get what we want. How about what we need? Oh, even better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Canada. Well, thank you for joining us today, and we will talk to you again on Sunday. Until then, it is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. I'm going to go cool off now. All right. Good night, Canada. Good night. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony.